from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A wintry-looking day and it's, uh, I swear, it's it's cooler than it was early this morning. I would ask you, Dan, but early this morning has no meaning for you. So, uh, but it is. It's uh, it's it's going to rain. It looks like it's it looks like it's going to snow. I mean, it really looks wintry, but it's going to rain, and then it's going to turn colder. But it is, you know, approaching the middle of December. So, hope everybody doing well here on this Tuesday afternoon, Bill and Dan. Um, I, have a tr- I have a Troy game at noon tomorrow, which means I have to leave for Troy around. You know, I mean, I, I, I oh man, you have to wake up. You have to be out before noon. No, no, I know. Yeah, well, oh, that's unheard well, of. Well before they noon need to. They should know better than to schedule a game. Well before before noon. it's close to dark in this situation because it's. I like to leave roughly three hours before tip because that gives me. About an hour because and a half you to drive get... like my grandmother. Well, no, I like what? to no, I, I like to get to the game about an hour before oh. because I've I've got the equipment and I've got a pregame interview. You, you I... get wait a minute, wait a minute. You get to the game an hour before your broadcast. I'm generally there about an hour, forty five minutes before. Yeah, for I'm going to have to go things. to a game just to see you, just to see Ab- you arriving absolutely. at something well, I mean, early. Well, also I don't like to you know I I you know I, I like <laughs> I like those people so no no there's oh um... okay well then I understand <laughs> no no it's it's uh, uh, so tomorrow we've got. A rare early tip for Troy, but Lagrange is, uh, I'll, which means I'll be back for the show. The, uh, oh, the, the okay. double duty. Well, that's I've good. Got a, I've got a Troy game, and and then I'll be back just in time to uh, to do the drive. But but no, it's going to be an early one for me. So it's another home game tomorrow. It's a home okay, game gotcha. tomorrow, but but with an early start for me. So so here's uh, here's hope. Okay, well get get you, go go to go to go to sleep early tonight. Uh, you know before four. I might okay? you know what, I might New Orleans it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, an all nighter. All right. Uh, well, yeah, welcome in. Hour number one of the drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And uh, the sponsor of our hotline, which we're about to get to and welcome in uh, a guest. Now, you know, I see him. We have not had him on the drive, and, and partly because we have the other Brian from AuburnSports.com. He's with us every Monday for the entire show. Not that, uh, you know, not that we wouldn't mind having uh, uh, having this one on as well. But, you know, Ben has him on when he can wake him up in the mornings, I believe, on, yeah, he has, he has him on one of the mornings. I don't know. I barely know because I'm on with, with Ben, like, on, on Thursdays, I think, when the, but, but I, I'm usually having to be up. But what a great intro that just has been for uh, for, for Brian Stultz from from AuburnSports.com, joining us on this day when when word became you know when word came out uh, this morning that Mike Leach had indeed passed, and um, uh, Brian wrote a, uh, a a a very I mean it's it's touching, funny, which is sort of what Mike Leach was anyway. I mean, just uh, one of the one of the most interesting characters 
that you would ever come across in any walk of life, not just sports. And I didn't realize Brian had such a close relationship with Mike Leach, so I wanted to bring him on and and uh, uh, talk with him a little bit about his friend and everybody who ever got near Mike Leach was his friend. But uh, Brian Stultz now joining us here on The Drive with Bill and Dan. Uh, Stultzy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing doing pretty well. I mean, I I know this uh, um, that this is it's it's really tough when something like this happens. I mean, because it was um, unexpected and and then just sudden and it happens. But um, uh, I, I really really enjoyed your article today. Didn't realize you had that kind of relationship with Coach Leach. Yeah, I mean, like I, I said in the uh, column, it, it really started out bad when uh, first time I ever met him. He told me he wasn't going to answer any of my questions because of uh, who I work for. So uh, I kind of had a little panic attack in the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel at, at Petrol Media Days because I had just moved 3,000 miles, and uh, I was like, what am, what am I doing here? So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he said it was nothing personal. And then uh, during, during my time in Poland, my short time there, and uh, afterwards we became uh, good friends and we text and, uh, you know, we had, had a lot of late-night conversations because he was up late on the West Coast and, He's a late late person to go to bed, and I am too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, our friendship developed, and, yeah, he was a great guy. He was a straight shooter. He was entertaining. If you talk about anything about football, uh, he, he kept his word with me uh, when he said, if you work for anybody else, I will give you all the access you want. And uh, he kept his word on that. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be missed by, I mean, by me, but, like, by his entire coaching staff, which you know was with him at Washington State and came to Mississippi State, and you know I'm thinking of them and thinking of those guys. That I know that you know they spend every day with uh, Leach, and it has to be such a tough moment for them. But um, yeah, I mean he's touched everyone. He's gone, touched everyone he he's met, and uh, he's a, just a great guy. And uh, we're gonna miss him in college football. When we talked uh, yesterday, we started the show, uh, despite everything that had happened in the world of Auburn athletics, we started the show with, with the news of of Coach Leach and, and Coach Leach falling ill on Sunday. And I was struck by the outpouring of support on social media from all corners of... This is the rare thing where I think social media is excellent, is when someone as admired as, as Mike Leach, when something happens, the different voices that you hear speaking up and telling stories and sharing memories. And, and even today's show, we didn't start it on too somber a note because even that would feel inappropriate mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're paying tribute to someone like Mike Leach and so I was just I mean yeah, you you just uh, shared a, a really cool story there uh, Brian about you know the the first time you interact is is there is there something you yeah. think of or is there you know a piece of a a piece of advice or something he said that that comes to mind when when people ask you uh, about your time with 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 Coach Leach I remember very, very, very fondly after the first home game of the 2018 season at Pullman, in Pullman. Uh, he was, I, was, I was tailgating after the game with some friends. And it was pretty late, but Lee showed up at the tailgate. And he is just trying to, he's trying to get my friends to pull money together to get me to start another fight so I can cover the Cougs <laughs> and start, and, uh, and uh, actually get to talk to uh, him and his assistant coaches and his players. But, uh, I mean, he was who he was. I mean, if you, if you didn't like him, that's fine. If you did, if you loved him, I mean, if you got to know him and love him, he would, he'd love you back. And, uh, yeah, but that night, because um, I was still kind of new to Fullman, it had been about 
a week or I've, I've been there about like a month, a month and a half. And to see him like go around and ask people, like say, this guy's a great guy, great guy. And, you know, we need to keep him around here because I think he'd do great things. And, uh, and then when I put in my resignation because of, uh, circumstances at my job, uh, with a kind of, I wouldn't say psycho, but kind of a strange boss, uh, who had a few with him. Uh, he, uh, he just, he kept on texting me, like, encouraged me. He kept on saying, whatever you need, like, let me know. Like, I'll call everyone in my contacts for you and stuff like that. So, I mean, he was just an amazing guy like that. And, you know, he felt bad that I was stepping in that situation. Uh, but he was still so kind to me. And, uh, for him to go to bat for me constantly, especially on that night when, uh, he was, uh, having a few beers and, uh, enjoying, uh, went over. I think it was, I forget who they played, but, uh, so long ago, but, uh, yeah, for him to be like that and go over to my friends and be like, "Wow, we we need to start a new company for this guy." Uh, yeah, it's just a it's a great moment. Everyone that I know that really knew him, and and uh, you know, I'm 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 jealous to a point because I always wanted you know the opportunity to just sort of hang. He's he's the guy. He's one of those guys where, man, if you could just hang with somebody. Mike Leach would be right there at the top of the list because you have no direct, you no idea what direction any conversation's going to go. Um, yeah. and, and it's going to be, it's going to be very insightful too. He, he had Absolutely. opinions and very, very thoughtful answers on just about anything. Yeah. And like I started out with my, uh, in my piece today, I, uh, was talking about a phone call. He called me at 2.30 a.m. I was working a night shift. Uh, just finished a night shift at Major League Baseball up in New York, and I was at a bar just winding down, and he called me at 2.30 a.m. He was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just got done. He's like, I'm walking home. But he always walked home. He, never, he will always walk to the office and back from his house in Wazoo, um, which had a lot of hills, by the way. Uh, and uh, he just he kept me on the phone for like, like an hour and uh, just talking about just random stuff. And, you know, that's just who he was. I'm like, do you need anything else, coach? Like, uh, do you need anything else? He's like, I'm just talking. Like, and he would just start going into a different conversation. I think we talked about coyotes, just him growing up in Wyoming and chasing, like, squirrels and stuff like that. And it was just, you never knew where it was going to go. And that's for the best because uh, when you get him going and get him rolling on stuff that he knows so much about because he's so wise, he was so wise, um, it's when you get those moments, they go viral and uh, really, um, you know, show, shows how special he was. Well, and I get the sense that a lot of coaches are eccentric or have hobbies or interests <laughs> that that would that would you know strike people as strange. Mike Leach was just really authentic, and he was really he wasn't shy about hiding you know the, these sorts of quirks that I thought made him even that much more relatable. Because in an industry where a lot of coaches, I said on social media, like it, it makes sense to be safe and vanilla if you're a college football mm-hmm. coach because Absolutely. you're, you're going to be inoffensive that way, and, and you're you know you're not going to make waves and upset people in positions of authority or in your locker room if you say you know very middle of the road things to the media as often as you can. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't Mike Leach. Like that just no. wasn't. No, I don't know what flavor he was, but it wasn't vanilla. Like it was it was some other flavor. Oh, it was flavor. And, yeah, it was Rocky Road or, or something else. But it was. Uh, no, and, and it was just, you know, it's one of the, on top of all the incredible success as a football coach that, that's also worthy of tribute, like that's that's one of the, the authenticity. The endless authenticity of Mike Leach is something 
that that I, as someone who covered him mostly, I didn't get to have the conversations you did. That that's mm-hmm. something that that I'm going to always remember. And you know, I, I you know I'm biased toward our new head coach here at Auburn, but uh, I think that's what you get from Hugh too. And uh, um, I think him and Leach are a lot alike. Hugh, Hugh is not as outspoken as Leach. Nobody is. But I think you get the real deal. You get the real answers, and that's not like some people that we've had in the past. And uh, you know, Leach uh, every press conference was an event. Every uh, he would, especially after losses, you never know what was, his mood was going to be. Uh, he, he wasn't hesitant to you know rip himself, rip his players, stuff like that. And you know, sometimes it might have went over the line, but I knew he was. I knew his players loved him and uh, were looking out for him and uh, stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a big loss today. Uh, I wasn't surprised by the news after everything that happened in the last forty-eight hours. Right. But, you know, I'm looking back at looking back at you know 2018 when I first met him, and then how uh, we kind of grew to uh, you know like each other and uh, trust each other. And you know, he brought me out in 2019 to do that feature on uh, the three-day full access uh, before their uh, bowl game against the Air Force. So um, yeah, he he was special to me. He uh, really encouraged me. Uh, really motivated me and uh, mentored me uh, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, he's going to be missed. Well, he was real. I mean, a lot of a lot of yeah. coaches. You worry, you wonder, is that a facade? Uh, he was just he was who he was, and he was honest uh, to a fault at times. But it's great, and that's that's what college football, sports, um, mm-hmm. the world is going to be missing without Mike Leach. Absolutely, and it, he was the innovators too. I mean, he. Create, pretty much created the air raid with uh, Hal Mommy and those guys, and uh, that's all. It's amazing. All they did was pass, and he won. He won at places where you're not supposed to win. Right. Uh, Washington State, Texas Tech, Mississippi State. These outposts in college football, and he just did what he did, and he created an, uh, an offense that you know many people couldn't stop. And he, he was not apologetic about it. He would run up the score and uh, didn't shake your hand at the end of the game and wish you well but um yeah he was uh, one of a kind and i think uh sport of football is not gonna be the same without him and something that that mike leach could do better than just about any other college coach of of his generation <laughs> was find a quarterback that other guys didn't yeah. want right a guy that you mm-hmm. find there's mm-hmm. a there's a reason why well that guy doesn't have an nfl ceiling or he's not tall enough or he's got a weird delivery, or he's too slow, or any any number of reasons why other teams wouldn't want that quarterback. And Mike Leach would say, I'll take him, and I'll teach him my system, yeah. and he'll throw 5,000 yards. And if you do that once or twice, right, it's like, okay, lightning struck. Amazing. Yeah. But when, I mean, it's it's a six or seven deep quarterback. Time. Will Rogers is probably yeah. like on the, and he's just the latest, you know, a guy who's breaking yeah. SEC <laughs> passing records. But but Mike Leach's ability to do that, even as his offense became more familiar in college football and and other mm-hmm. types of football too, was something. I mean, at, at some point you say, you know, he's got a gift for for that that other yeah. coaches would love to have, and and you know, no one else has figured out the recipe for the the secret sauce. And the thing is, I was out there in 2018, which was the year of Gardner Minshew. Right, and he just turned into a superstar. Not even the Pac-12, but a uh, college football, and he was just a joy to cover. And his, you know, he was battling for his job. I mean, he was okay at ECU, but and, we got and remember, he was man, he was I, going to Alabama to to learn to yes. be a coach. 
He was going to just go yeah. go basically be a GA at Alabama. Then he goes and sets records. He was packing it, it in. He was packing yeah. it in until, until Mike Leach called. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, Gardner Ministry ends up in the pros. And uh, it's just what the guy could do. I mean, he, he like I said, he, he could have done anything, anything in life. I mean, name it. He, I mean, he went to law school. He mm-hmm. could have been a professor. He could have been uh, he was a, a professor. CEO or something. <laughs> well, yeah, he, was, he did teach that class, yeah. But um, he could have written books. I mean, he wrote books. I mean, the guy could do everything. But uh, it was coaching that he really loved. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, my thoughts are with, you know, his family and his players and the coaching staff there. Because, I mean, you lose somebody like that, uh, it's going to be hard for, you know, for a long time. So uh, I hope they can deal with it. And um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a sad day. What a what a great what a great movie it's going to be. I hope you can Brian, oh, yeah. I, I hope you can find a way to sort of think about like the happy, you know, memories that you had because it, I, I would imagine, you know, in your interactions with this coach, it sounds like, you know, that there were there were a lot of them and, and for a lot of people who got to got to watch and cover the sport, you know, it was it was it was a better sport because of because of Mike Leach. Yeah. Well one of my favorites is when he called me out and I got to sit in the quarterback meetings when I was doing all that and he just Randomly, just started talking to me. Like he ignored his quarterbacks for fifteen minutes. Like it was just like totally random. And he's like, "Where'd you fly in?" I'm, I was in New York. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. What time did you get in?" And he just spent fifteen minutes, and we discussed the uh, the, the uh, battle between Waffle House and uh, uh, In and Out. We both agreed Waffle House was a better restaurant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it was just right in front of his players. And the quarterbacks are like, "What? What's going on here? Who is this guy?" So uh, it was, it's, it's really special. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cherish those memories. Uh, it's hard right now, but you know, it is what it is, and I'm just happy I have those to live on. So I'm good. Yeah, that's great, Brian. Hey, hey, really appreciate you spending a little time. Sometime wanna, sometime wanna get you on and talk about, uh, you know, how, how your relationship got started and everything, and your thoughts about Hugh Freeze. But really wanted to get you on since uh, yeah. since you had that close relationship with with Coach Leach. Absolutely. Hey, Stolsey, let everybody hey. know how they can, how they can follow you. Yeah, uh, Brian J. Stoltz on Twitter, and of course AuburnSports.com, along with B. Matt, the Brian Matthews, the man you mentioned beforehand. Uh, he spells his first name wrong but you know that's fine hey but, it's his uh, birthday today don't don't criticize him it's his I birthday, know, it is his birthday i saw him earlier i wish he, he was uh searching out which starbucks he was going to get <laughs> yeah really so, uh, that's me man yeah yep all right, man. Really appreciate the time. Uh, you know, con- con- condolences. I-, I know. I know it's tough for you, uh, but but we really appreciate you spending a little time yeah, with we're, us. We're thinking about you, bud. Absolutely, absolutely, guys. Take care. It. Brian Stoltz from AuburnSports.com. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize it's uh, that that he'd had that type of relationship. Really, uh, really cool column that that he wrote today, and some uh, some great stuff from him. Mike Leach. I mean, that's that's the thing. He was. He was a little bit of so many different things. There is so much. He was so well read. He was a brilliant. You know, I mean, when you think of the brilliance, people think of just on the field. But I mean, no, he knew so much about so many different things. But yes, uh, his his legacy will live on. I thought it was really, and I know we got to get to break, but the the statement from Lane Kiffin today was was very very impressive. And and you know, saying uh, how he felt, how how he was glad to have been a part of his of his last win, and that was 
you know, taking the loss in the Egg Bowl. Did you see Coach Malzahn made reference to? to no, I didn't see Gus's. Gus made reference on social media to the fact that his first and last games at Auburn were against Mike Leach uh, at Washington State and, and Mississippi State, respectively. Cadillac Williams uh, ma- making uh, ma- making mention uh, both during a, uh, you know, before, you know, after the news that Coach Leach had fallen ill and mm-hmm. after the news that the Coach Leach had passed, uh, you know, just across the sport, a, a lot of folks paying tribute to somebody who was incredibly influential but also really well-liked uh, by uh, by a lot of people. And it's shocking because... I mean, going into going into Friday's show, he was the coach at Mississippi right. State, and uh, and yeah, in, in a in an instant, uh, it seems like uh, circumstances changed. We need to get to our first break. I know we're way behind. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of the drive, the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Our thanks to Brian Stoltz from AuburnSports.com joining us right at the top of the show. He had uh, had a had a really good relationship there with with Mike Leach, who um, word did come out today that that uh, he has passed, and at, at the age of sixty one. And I wonder if if the, if you know there was any relation to the concern, the questions that there had been toward the end of the season. There were some, you know, there there had been some questions as to would coach leach be able to continue after this year and there were some you know whispers of him stepping down for health reasons but uh such such a sad sad day i mean you look at the just the the number of big name coaches um that that have come from the Mike Leach tree. It is. It is just. Uh, it's just amazing to look at. So the, the Ralph Russo, the Ralph Russo story for the Associated Press makes uh, makes note of uh, quote Leach fought through a bout of pneumonia late in the season, coughing uncontrollably mm-hmm. at times during yeah, news conferences. Yeah, that cough was really seemed to be improving, according to those who worked with him. Unquote. I actually watched uh, some of our footage of him in the small room. Um, and uh, he I from mean, media days this is from this is back back in media days, and he seemed to have a a, a slight shake to him. Uh, but but I mean, he it, seemed more frail. Yeah, this I mean, year. and, he, and he, even compared to a, you know previous media appearances. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's something that you notice after after somebody has passed away, and you're, you're right. going, going back and looking for you know hints or clues or anything like that, or or, or signs that you you may have noticed. But it's um. Uh, no, it's it's uh, certainly a really sad day for a coach that was yeah, widely admired and and uh, uh, someone who uh, yeah tributes you know pouring in across college football to uh, uh, to Mike and not just college football. Is, is there is there sports. anyone? I mean, and you know, like like uh, like Stoltz was saying, um, when he made his when he made his mind up, he was he was sticking to it. Um, but I don't know of anyone who really disliked. Mike Leach, you might not be happy with something that he said at some time, but I don't know that I've I've ever. And this is um, you you hear this about some people, but I'm I'm serious. I don't know of anyone who I felt like just disliked. I mean, occasionally, occasionally he would wade into political matters and sort of ruffle feathers. But no, I I think in general he was, you know, it's 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 the notion of 
I don't know, Jimmy Buffett got he to be like a college. some people at times. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, I mean try, you know. trying to describe. I mean, he is. He's like he's like something out of a out of a novel or, or something. Like it's not a real. You know, it's a it's a forced gumpy. That's what I said. I mean, of, what a great movie this yeah, is going to be. It, I mean, here's a guy who didn't play football. Uh, I believe he played rugby. He didn't play football, and he went to the the sports academy down in Mobile to, to get Mobile a certificate so he could so he could coach. And to get, I didn't even think about this when I said the Jimmy Buffett thing. I was thinking more about the pirate stuff and, and the notion of him just sort of an, an easygoing guy. But you do remember that between uh, between Texas Tech and Washington State, he was hanging out in Key West right. for two years riding riding bicycles. Oh, he'd, and, still, he'd still go go down to Key West. Yeah, so and I mean it, it is it is so fitting. That Mississippi State's bowl game is at the home of the pirate ship, and sh- and, Raymond James, and, in Tampa. And kudos to that team for for deciding they're going to go out and play. Yes. I, mean, I think we would understand any decision they wanted to make in the aftermath of this, but they're going to go out and they're going to play for their coach, and I think, I think that's really, really cool. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break, and we'll open up the phone lines. Anything on your mind sports-wise, if you've got some Mike Leach memories, that'd be great, but anything you want to talk about, we can look more at the coaching staff recruiting uh, basketball as we head up towards 6 o'clock here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, we got Carter at the controls today. So uh, we'd love for you to join in. Again, the Kia of Auburn hotline. I don't think I gave the number earlier. It's 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com. And uh, as we said, anything on your mind sports-wise, if you uh, want to talk about the Mike Leach, talk about Mike Leach and his legacy, um, we, we'll be glad. Some some uh, Auburn recruiting news. I said we could talk a little recruiting. I, I, was, uh, I, I didn't know that there would be a brand-new commitment to Auburn. But Connor Liu, the uh, former Miami commit, uh, offensive, let's see, he's interior guy center, I believe, is is where he's projected flipping to Auburn as we are eight days away from National Signing Day. We, we talked about Connor Liu during his recruitment before he, he committed to Miami. He's a, uh, uh, it's, it's Ackworth, Georgia. Yep. Uh, K- Kennesaw Mountain, I believe, is the, uh, is, is the school. Uh, he's, the, uh, he's the number 16 interior offensive lineman in the 24-7 uh, player rankings and the number 33 player in uh, Georgia. In the twenty four seven rankings, and uh, yeah, he's been a, a Miami commitment. Checking their timeline, he's been a Miami commitment uh, since August, and just made the uh, just made the flip, uh, decommitted and uh, de- decommitting from Miami and committing to Auburn uh, in the uh, in the in the same day uh, as he as he surprises folks by making his decision to stay a little bit closer to home and uh, and and go to uh, go to Auburn to uh, and and that's 
That's a big. I mean, what what have you been saying on on the on the Deville Cameron depth chart? Uh, well, Auburn Auburn definitely needing interior linemen. Um, well, they need they need linemen. Period. Line, Offense, line of defense, yeah. yes, and uh, that's a big one there. Connor Lou, uh, it's not going to be the last one, I don't believe either. Auburn's going to add some more linemen as uh, Hugh Freeze and his staff really getting after it now. So um, you think about so a when, nice, nice pickup when Brian Kelly <laughs> last year played played really young players on the offensive line. Started two true freshman offensive tackles, and then also had what I think I think a, sec- uh, a transfer who had who had been a freshman All American yes. the year before, second year player you know who had come in from the transfer portal. I mean mm-hmm. that that is a very young offensive line in the SEC. But if you have an offense that can work around it, and if the players are talented enough, you can make it work. You know, I wonder if if Hugh Freeze is selling playing time, the availability of oh, you know it of playing time right now, not just in the portal, but to some of these top freshmen on the or to some of these top high school players like Connor Liu, who just flipped uh, to uh, to Auburn, announcing it on social media in the uh, in the last few minutes. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Who we got, Carter? Uh, it's Terry on the line. Hey, Terry, how you doing today? Great guys. Um, I saw a leech question. Um, what was the 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 leech comment? Was that, I want to say it was after a Washington State loss, and he was not in the best of moods, as no, no coach really is. But something about his players not playing well, not listening to him, and they're still worried about their fat little girlfriends in the stands. Yep. Uh, do you yeah. remember that? <laughs> I absolutely do. I, I yeah, I thought about that a while ago, but I thought I'm not going to mention it. So Terry mentioned it. So that's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Texas Tech. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I think it was Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Maybe, maybe, yep. And then he used it again as like a callback at Mississippi State mm-hmm. and, joked, and joked joked about it. But it was yeah, a ways a ways back when during one of his rants he uh, he, 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 did, he did say that. Then I can't remember the other line. There was some, somebody asking about his cup of coffee, and he went he went and got enraged for about a fifteen minute speech. Oh, I mean, he he was he was he was great. I mean, he was great. He was fantastic. He, you know, I I agree with him on a lot of the things he said. I mean, my, uh, I'm not a huge candy corn fan. Yeah, the the Halloween candy. That's one of the first (laughs) things I think of too. Absolutely. I mean, oh yeah. The way and and um, it was uh, it was. It's just filler, man. That's all it is. Just filler. I forget I forget which one of the the obituaries I read of, of of Mike Leach that made this point too was that one of the things that really made him so endearing and so charming was his willingness to and and I think Bill and I will will appreciate this as as I think uh, similar kindred spirits uh, his willingness to talk about a very stupid subject for 10 15 minutes at a time and, and no and subject seems stupid yes, yes, to Mike ab- Lee absolutely yeah. no subject is beneath great exploration a deep dive and and yeah, Mike Leach would uh, would, would give it, you know would would give everything that that seriousness and that and that and, I, and he did it such deadpan. Yeah. I mean that was that was that, that was what was so good. Yes, you know, and, and I uh, I think yeah I, I pre- the introspection we would get from uh, from Mike Leach and, and now we uh, uh, we're, we're not going to get any more of that. Was he on the staff at Kentucky when they had Jared Lorenzen? He was, uh, I believe, he wasn't Tim with, Couch. Yeah, I don't think he was there with Lorenzen. I think. Okay. Uh, that would have that would have been the how like maybe maybe how mummy was there at the beginning of Lorenzo. Maybe, but, but I know Tim Couch. You know, it was a ridiculous staff that that Hal Mummy had, and, and yes, Mike was on that. Boy, I, I would think if Jared Lorenzo anything to make like me, Mike Leach mad, he could have really railed on him. <laughs> um, um, Bill, Dan, you're talking about the offensive lineman, and there's change. 
there's going to be a major change in the offensive line. Is it too far of a stretch to say we may not even recognize this Auburn team next year? I don't think that's a stretch at all. I mean, when you look at the situation, um, Jason Caldwell will be on with us tomorrow, and he called me last night just double-checking on numbers on the roster, and uh, it's, it's not unlikely that Auburn's not going to return 45 players from last year's roster. So you're talking, you know, nearly half the roster turning over. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I would say that between the transfer portal and the NFL draft and the influx of incoming players, that's going to become more common mm-hmm. in college football than ever before. Oh, yeah. You'll look at a roster and at the end of the season and say, this is, this is going to be very different. Or you'll look at a roster in August and say, wow, this is very different than it was in December or in January when last season ended. Not just for good teams, but you're going to have a group of five teams that have great seasons and then lose all their players. You're going to have right. a group of five seasons that the group of five teams that have coaching changes and mm-hmm. and all their players. I mean, there's any number of reasons why you could see that, but yes, I would think it's 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 uh, absolutely a possibility that there is significant turnover on this roster to the point where yeah, we don't know uh, we we don't know how good. Uh, uh, we, we, you know, we, we don't know who's who's sticking around and and how how drastic the changes will be. Right. Last thing, guys. Being all these linemen, they're committing. Could it could it make it easier for them to attract some skill position players who know they're going to have the quarterback be able to get a wide receiver the ball? The running back has a better offensive line to run behind. Uh, it it wouldn't hurt. I'll tell you what else wouldn't hurt is if uh, if Grayson McCall does visit this weekend, as is sort of expected. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but if you get a guy like that visiting this weekend and he commits um that's going to attract all kinds of offensive players mm. appreciate it guys Y'all have a good day appreciate the call terry yeah grayson mccall I, I know that uh, multiple sites are saying he is expected to visit i don't think anybody had confirmed it yet but you get him in and i think the other thing that people feel is he doesn't want to take very long he wants to go ahead make up his mind and try to bring some other players in with him. Well, I think I think he wants to be enrolled in January at his next school first and foremost, right? I mean, you would think. Yeah, but he's gonna... just think if, if if he were to make up his mind like this weekend, uh, where you'd have a day or two before the signing period, that could help you with high school players as well as transfers. One would think that, especially skill position players, what one, yes, one receivers. Think, what, yeah, what one would think that adding Grayson McCall would would put you in the mix for uh, for different, uh, you know, for yeah, like you said, both high school players and mm-hmm. potential transfer portal targets. And yeah, that wherever Grayson McCall ends up, feels like he could make a significant boost to unless you have a. Well, I don't think Grayson McCall is going to end up somewhere with a entrenched starting quarterback. Not likely. With a, with a firm grip on the job. I think anywhere Grayson McCall goes has, at the very least, competition mm-hmm. and quite possibly a new starting quarterback named Grayson McCall playing for that school based on the way he's played the last few seasons at Coastal Carolina. And if Has he, he ever you know, completed less than 65% of his passes? I don't think he has. I, mean, I been, think he's been like a 70% passer, period. He's thrown an interception on 1.018% of his pass attempts at the college level. Yeah, it's like a Mary. I think Mariota And he's has, thrown a lot of passes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's he's not like, like oh, yeah. 784 passes <laughs> right. and has eight interceptions. I think when you look at it, like, in the NFL, the best ever is Aaron Rodgers at 1.4. 
I know it's NFL to college, but 1.018 yeah, is pretty low. In college, Mariota is probably around the best we could find in the last 20 yeah, he years was. or so of somebody who, who did that, you know, at a, especially among people who threw a lot of pass attempts. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, Grayson McCall's numbers are, are better at that at that department than, than Mariota's. You know, and you wonder how much of that, I guess the, the fair thing to assume, well, both things with, with McCall. One, how much of it is... Jamie Chadwell's offense and how much of it is, you know, that, that he's a perfect fit for the system that he was in. And if you remove him from that system and put him somewhere else, well, maybe, eventually maybe he's going to be removed from that system. Yes. So this is why it's a good idea for him to to see how things fare for him. Similar to, I mean, we've been giving, you know, we've been paying so much tribute to Mike Leach. Sometimes those Mike Leach quarterbacks were sensational right. in Mike Leach's system, and then you remove them from Mike Leach's system, and the results were very different than they were when they were playing for Mike Leach. And you, and I think that would be one thing to worry about. The other one, and I guess it goes with this hand in hand, would be the level of competition mm-hmm. uh, that Grayson McCall was in. There are some great defensive players in the Sun Belt, but there are also some teams that can give up there are uh, a lot some, more some, some yards in the points. SEC. Yeah, the, the caliber is no question, uh, you know, uh, taking a step up for Grayson McCall. And when somebody runs as much as McCall does, it's fair to wonder, you know, is that going to be something that, that doesn't translate as well to the SEC? Although, But boy, I, he does seem like he would be a nice fit in the Hugh Freeze offense, doesn't I, he? I just saw a quarter... In the Phil oh, Montgomery sure. offense. I just saw a quarterback who does some running uh, win the SEC West. For LSU, and that people, is right. People wondered. People wondered if he and that would... helps. That 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 helps those freshman offensive linemen. Yeah, to and, be able to run like that. And he didn't look slow over at LSU just because no. just because he was now playing against SEC defensive players. Uh, Jaden Daniels was still able to make some serious plays, and I, and I would think Grayson McCall. Uh, even though you do wonder about the jump to the SEC, mm-hmm. uh, but but if if Grayson McCall goes, and I you know you just assume I'm willing as a fan to give it a shot. Sure, and 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 so and so are a lot of fan bases. Yeah, no kidding. You know, looking at their quarterback position, you know, I was I don't know if I said this on the air, but I saw one one list of. Uh, place you know I- ideal landing spots for Grayson McCall, yeah. and you might as well list every Power Five program that isn't USC that doesn't have an entrenched yeah. quarterback. US, yeah, USC's good for right. next year. Every, everybody else, you can pretty much look at and say, well, you know, that's a question. He might fit there. Yeah, maybe, maybe quite possible. I mean, TCU, I think, feels pretty good about who they, they've got if if, if Max uh, comes back and, and plays another year. But other than that, there's you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of mystery and intrigue as to where quarterbacks are going to end up. But no, Grayson McCall would be. A huge get for mm-hmm. anybody, especially a new head coach at Auburn University. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. North American beavers are excellent swimmers, but on land they waddle about clumsily. That is until they spot the yellow tag on a stack of yellow wood brand pressure treated pine. <laughs> Their instincts kick in and the colony springs into action. (laughs) Just like that, these master builders make off with their new found building materials. For five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have that yellow tag, you don't want it. You're live on The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, and we just can't we we, we just can't keep uh, uh, producers here. 
We're on our third in the last two days. We're on the third in our last hours that's worth be- of airtime. That's because we go on these weird Casey Kasem rants during the commercial breaks, right? You know, is get, get get down on the phone, Bill. A little a little yeah, dog. That yeah, that that's what it sounds like in the in the in the uh in, in during the breaks here. Dear Casey. This is this is a you know, for, I, yeah. we have we have a couple of minutes for the end of the hour. We've been talking about a lot of different things, and we, yeah, we, and we will something we haven't talked about. You were there for the uh, and and of course you're, you're the voice of of the uh, Troy women's basketball program. You checked out the Auburn women the other day because you're familiar with uh, um, with the opponent. Well, I wanted the to go, day, I too. wanted to go see the team in person. Were you, you know? scouting? No, we're, we're not. You know, Tro- Troy's not on Auburn's schedule, but there was a no, no. I, I was wondering, are you scouting because? I, well, yes, we we will go to the Cajun Dome and yeah. face the the Raging Cajuns, and uh, and they they won the league uh, two years ago, uh, as a matter of fact, in uh, the the Sun Belt Conference against uh, against Troy. They won the regular season. Troy beat them in the in the tournament, but no, Gar- Gary Broadhead's been there a long time, and I I wanted to see Coach Harris and and how the Auburn mm-hmm. team has evolved in her tenure and. I mean, it, it's a the the ease with which they dispatched a Louisiana team that's still probably in the they're they're in the middle of the Sun Belt now. Their roster's evolved from what it was when they won the championship. But when Coach Harris took over, like that the year before Coach Harris arrived, like that team, oh, was awful. that team oh. was not was not dispatching Sun Belt conference teams with ease. Like I I watched that team and I watched the Sun Belt that year and. I mean, it's look. I don't know what's going to happen in conference play. I Auburn, I think, was picked to finish second to last. I wouldn't be surprised if they outperform that, um, especially with with some of the the. the I mean, they, they've got some veteran talent. I mean, uh, Kulabali's uh, doing well. Honesty, I had a a really really good game the weekend she graduates. So I mean, a big big weekend for Honesty Scott Grayson gets her degree. Turns around a, a day later, Auburn shot the ball. I mean, I know some of it's Louisiana, but the as as a coach once told me, Bill, the three point line doesn't move, right? The other, I mean, other defenses can try things. Auburn, how about this? Fifty six percent from the field in general, twelve of twenty two from three is going to be man. And that you know the, the Bruce Bruce and the guys just dream of a night like that. I mean, tw- yeah, twelve twelve of twenty two from three for uh, for Auburn, and they there was a point in the game against Louisiana where Auburn. Uh, had held Louisiana to just eight made field goals and 16 turnovers. So, and that's you're not going to win when the ratio is when you when you have eight made shots and 16 turnovers. No, it is it is difficult to overcome. Uh, Louisiana got it rolling a little bit, but a two, a two to one ratio of turnovers to made no. shots isn't going to one to two. Yeah, buckets to turnovers is is not gonna no, not gonna fall. No, no matter how your opponent is shooting, unless they're shooting over, uh, you're you're probably not going to uh, make too much out of that. So no, I I think things are uh, things are progressing for Coach Harris, and with conference play, pretty soon Auburn's got uh, Auburn's got two more home games. Uh, they've got a and uh, North Carolina A and T on Thursday, Samford uh, this weekend. Three more three more out of conference games. All of them at home. Uh, before uh, the uh, the holiday, and then uh, they go to Oxford to uh, start conference play the last Thursday of 2022. First home game in conference, Auburn hosts Missouri 
on uh, on New Year's Day. So yeah, the uh, and, and South South Carolina, no unanimous number one South Carolina on the schedule early for Auburn in conference play as well. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this team uh, can get going. Iron Bowl uh, of women's basketball on Sunday, uh, January eighth. Uh, so early for that yeah, too. Early, early okay. for that too. So so some uh, some big tests Mass. early in conference yeah. play are from. That's a good Alabama team too. They they, they were, yeah they, and and they're they're getting better. Saw them. They're getting better. Saw Alabama in the WNIT last year against Troy. Uh, they bring back a couple of the key players uh, from that team. Alabama had the starting five of an NCAA tournament team last year. Just didn't have the depth behind them. They've added a couple of pieces and and returned most of that roster. And 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 that's uh that's an Alabama team. That's a, a big test for Auburn early. You hang with them, uh, you you can beat you can beat good teams in the SEC if, if you can knock off Alabama early for uh, for Coach Harris. So big next month for for her and uh, and her team as they look to a uh, compete in SEC play. Meanwhile, the Auburn men look to try to get back on track against Georgia State tomorrow before they head out west. And these are these are important ball games, Dan. I mean, uh, if if they if they struggle in in you know. Not just tomorrow night, but I mean, if if they don't get things turned around uh, here, then you know they're about to get into SEC play too, and and I don't think you're going to all of a sudden find you know great outside shooting anywhere, but they can't be they can't be pushed around, they can't be out rebounded. Auburn's a team that is you know expected to be dominant inside and that's just something you know they couldn't do against memphis they, they really got pushed around by memphis bruce talked to the media today a couple players <laughs> did as well and the uh right. the, the thing the thing that's interesting about bruce's reaction to the memphis game is that he's much more troubled by the defensive effort against yeah memphis I, I, I agree than, than, than the, the 82 effort. points yeah. i mean yeah. that's 14 more than they've given up all year and, and, and it's it's well above memphis's season right. average too and i think part of that is because bruce looks at that game and says I mean, yeah, maybe Auburn, you'd like Auburn to shoot the ball better. Well, but... he said 73. 73 ought to be enough to win points if you're playing the kind of defense we should play. Right, but but the, you know, I, I think the hope is that Auburn is capable of a much better defensive effort mm-hmm. than the one they had against Memphis. I don't know if Bruce thinks they're capable I, of a of I'm a sure drastically... they're capable of a better defensive effort. Right, and I don't know if he thinks they're, you know, it's, yeah, it's realistic to that. expect a drastic, you know, a much better offensive mm-hmm. effort than the one you got against Memphis. So I think that's why he's been keying in on the defense, and that's why I mean, you're, you're going to need the defense because speaking of conference play, you know, you just talked about the women's uh, schedule oh, uh, yeah. in the conference play. I mean, you got Florida and Arkansas early in conference play. Florida's uh, fighting their way, and, and it's the you know, first year with, with with Coach Golden, although that'll be an important meeting between mm-hmm. those two teams because I know how much uh, how, how important uh, Coach Golden is for uh, for Bruce Pearl. Uh, but the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, when when they got uh, although it seems like they lost uh, they lost Brazil. Yeah, from, they did for the from, year from Arkansas, from uh, Memphis, uh, from Missouri. The Missouri transfer mm-hmm. now at Arkansas, uh, Brazil. Uh, but no, that's a uh, uh, that, that they're still. It's a testament to how good that roster is. That that's not like a crushing blow, and people still think Arkansas is really, really good. But they are a little bit damaged from what they were when, when you take that piece away. Yeah, speaking of Memphis, that's who Alabama's got tonight. So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye on that one as well. Hey, Bama dog, hang on. We have to get to our top of the hour break. You'll be up first when we come back for hour number two of the Tuesday Drive.
ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Developing story, an MRI confirmed Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray suffered a season-ending torn ACL last night. The team hasn't discussed a time frame for his return. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports Colt McCoy is expected to be able to start Sunday in Denver. College football has lost an original. Mississippi State coach Mike Leach died last night from complications related to a heart condition at the age of 61. Leach revolutionized the sport with the air raid offense, but he should be known for much more, says Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin. There aren't many people that you look forward to seeing every single time, especially on a game day, at conference meetings. And here's this guy, just get along with everybody. Doesn't matter where you're from, um, how long you've coached anything. He, he was so wonderful to everybody. Just a true joy to be around. Maybe the smartest person I have ever met. Mississippi State will play in the ReliaQuest Bowl January 2nd against Illinois to honor Leach. World Cup semis, Argentina defeated Croatia 3-0. Lionel Messi converted a penalty and had a hand in two other goals. Argentina will play France or Morocco in the final on Sunday. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two here on the uh, Tuesday edition of The Drive. Bill and Dan, and yes, uh, yet another um, producer we have as as Jacob is making it at least you didn't have to do the early morning for the first time in a while right first time first time in a while yeah yeah this... Ben's back today mm-hmm. yep so so as as uh, thank you you're here late that's right that's <laughs> right I, I did the first I did the front end now we're doing the back end of the day that's okay uh, no, no drew is out uh, got some, a family situation there and and uh, we appreciate Jacob uh, sitting in and running running the board and uh, screening the phone calls. And we'll get to the phone here momentarily once we take care of a little business. Hour number two of the drive is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Dot com And we will get to the Kia of Auburn hotline here shortly. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. And speaking of the, uh, the podcast, hope you had a chance to hear the beginning of the show. We had Brian Stoltz. From AuburnSports.com, who works there, of course, with Brian Matthews, J.G. Tate, and the rest of the group there at AuburnSports.com, did not realize till I read his column today uh, that that he's 
uh, had a pretty close relationship with Mike Leach, who, of course, uh, has uh, very sadly passed away at the age of 61. Leach, one of the innovators um, of college football. I mean, his legacy um, will will go on for, for a long, long time. You look at how many big-name coaches and just record-setting quarterbacks uh, have you know, fall under the Mike Leach tree. So we'll talk more about Mike Leach and his passing. Um, how, what, what a huge loss that is, uh, with Coach Leach gone at the age of 61. But anything you want to talk about sports wise as we open up the lines here in hour number two and Bama Dog has been hanging on since the end of hour number one. Hey, Bama Dog. Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Merry doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. Happy holidays. Absolutely. Hey, a couple of things. Okay, so we all know how they all went with, uh, you know, Bama being left out of the uh, playoffs. But the same teams, the same guys or the commentators that said, okay, yeah, they don't deserve to be number four. They got it right with Ohio State. But then those same commentators come right back and say, well, Alabama would have been favored against everyone in the 14 playoff except Georgia. Yeah. Uh, well, see, I mean, the, the, the point of the committee is – to, uh, you know, it just depends. I mean, is it to get the most deserving teams, or is it to get the teams, the 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 best teams, regardless of record? Yeah. Because if you if you worry about regardless of record, then that's why you need to go to a you know, expanded playoffs and not just four teams. I mean, Alabama could have lost the Texas game and another close game, right? right? And they still would have probably been favored still would against have been these favored. teams. It wouldn't change the talent on the field. But but I think the, yeah, the, it's important to remember the job of the committee is to pick the teams with the four strongest resumes. Not necessarily the four best teams. The most talented or, or teams. Or the four most talented teams. Right. But the four teams that have put together the strongest resumes. And while I think I would take Alabama over TCU on a neutral field and and not really think twice about it in a high stakes game but i you know i i don't know if alabama has one of the four strongest resumes this year because ultimately those those two losses uh sort, sort of sort of uh, Who, who's the best the team picture. who's the best team alabama beat this year bama dog uh, i guess texas? it had to be what what texas or Ole miss uh-huh so an eight win team but see, my problem is you play. You can only play who on your schedule, right? You know, it's, it's almost. But if, like you if you're playing play. a schedule like that, then you you sh- you can't afford to lose two games. You know what I'm saying? But you have no choice of who you play. I understand. But then again, if you look at it, if you look at it, uh, Alabama lost both of those games on the road, and hostile the, environment by a total of four points. Yeah, right at the end, absolutely. We're the hurt. We're the, we're the hurt quarterback. Oh no! Absolutely. I mean, I'm not trying yeah. to like Alabama had. I mean, I, I think they they deserve to be they deserve to be five. Like I, I'm I don't I think they had a great season. I'm not I'm not ready to put. I mean, who are you? Are you bumping Ohio State? Ohio State went eleven. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Ohio State got hosed at home. They did, yeah, but and, but they also beat a couple of ten win teams. Yeah, that was that was in the, and, and and that was their only loss, right? I mean, if, if Alabama, if if we're talking about Ohio, if Ohio State and Alabama were both eleven and one, and Ohio State's loss had been by twenty something, and Alabama's had been by. Uh, a field well, if goal. Alabama had one loss therein, they're but, probably the two seed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the fact that Ohio State that was their only loss comes into comes into play there. I understand that. I appreciate y'all explaining that to me. It just 
it boggled my mind. That, that, oh, yeah, that yeah. Well, see, this year, this year is the perfect situation for why you want to expand the playoffs. So where you have a team right. that, that drops a couple of ball games and and you feel like that would knock them out, they still get a chance. And you're right, Alabama would be favored all the way through uh, up until they play Georgia. Absolutely. No, no, no. Okay, so we'll, we're going to flip from that, from that, from that funny shade football to that round one. All right. Because I'm really, I'm really excited about this basketball team. They showed me some things uh, last year team and probably the year before that. They would have definitely lost those games. Mm-hmm. They were, they were, they were lost that North Carolina game. They would have lost that Houston game also. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, kind of excited about these guys. I look for them to win tonight. Um, yeah, maybe how, a little sloppy, maybe a little sloppier than you would think, just because of a combination of the big win the other night and Memphis is Memphis is a team that can make things look sloppy. But I agree, they ought to win tonight. I'm not looking for them to be sloppy either, because uh, it's like you know sometimes when you're young, you're just totally ignorant to what's going on around. That's true, you know. And so I'm looking at who was on that floor when Alabama made that push. You know, so you had four freshmen and a, and, a, and a transfer. There were four freshmen and a transfer when Alabama made that run and chopped that lead down, took the lead, and ended up winning that game with four freshmen and a transfer. Quinley wasn't even on the floor. Yeah, and they did a lot. They did it with uh, with Brandon Miller not hitting shots. I mean, he hit free throws down the stretch, but uh, he yeah, wasn't making well, buckets. He, he went over. Yeah. He went over from the field. But... Um, Coach Coach Oates asked him. He said, "Can you get me a rebound? Can you get me well, a couple of thing. defensive they, stops?" They're much much better defensively than they than they were a year ago. That without a doubt. But that's all I had today, guys. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to y'all later. All right, good hearing from right. you, Bama Dog. I, I totally understand. Great hearing from Bama Dog. I, I totally understand why Alabama fans are excited about about this basketball team. We were, you know, we see, were, it's the first time that Alabama basketball has been ranked higher than Alabama football since Nick Saban's been there. And for and for folks who are going to say, well, they beat North Carolina and Houston. Of course, people should be excited. Go back and listen. We and you know, especially me, Bill. I was saying, hey. Go back. I mean, the Jacksonville State game had me telling people you should be really excited about this team. They can put up crazy numbers when they get rolling offensively. They're as dangerous as anyone mm. in college basketball. And now we've seen it against teams that are as good as anyone in college basketball. And, and if you're an Alabama fan, you're probably thinking, I mean, they, they've they've made as they've made as as compelling a case in the first five six weeks of the season that that they can win the national championship. And their next two as, games, as they got Memphis and, and, and Gonzaga. I mean, they, if they win those next two, it's like, what else? Did, what else do you have? To I, do? I get why someone would vote Purdue ahead of them, UConn, UVA. I mean, there's, a, I mean, short short list of teams, but Alabama's. I mean, they're playing like they're legit. Yeah, they're, they're in. They belong in the top five right now. Back to the phones we go, and Hootie is up next. Hey, Hootie. Hey, Bama dog shouldn't be taking up all my time. Too. I'm a Bama fan too, you know. I know. <laughs> Question: I want to know why is everybody having so much talk about Lincoln Riley? What what good is he? Uh, you it like offense? Be, I what mean, is he USC good? was USC was terrible last year. I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, and, and even I mean, if you want to say that Lincoln Riley is like several coaches who inherited a great situation at Oklahoma because they they didn't step in and build something from the ground up, they were handed a successful program by yeah, the previous head coach. All these people in there to be, be Heisman Trophy winners, it didn't get him nothing. 
Ain't won nothing with a Heisman Trophy candidate. Well, he, he hadn't won a he hasn't won a national championship. No, but he's, he, but he he's, but he's winning around ten games a year. I don't think he's forty yet. Uh, if he finds a defensive coordinator, he's liable. He's liable to win something. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 won five conference titles, and he's you know not forty. Yeah, Big yeah. Twelve. What's so great about the Big Twelve? And yeah. Well, I mean, but it's yeah, the, but if you're but it. if you're in if you're in the Wait, Big what, Twelve, what Babadog just said you can only yeah. win the games on your schedule. Yeah, get, you Bam, get Babadog back on the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just thinking. Who no. have you been losing to? You know, no, I, I think it's look. I like I, Alabama, LSU. I like Lincoln Riley a lot, Hootie. But I, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna wonder about some of the young sensation coaches, yeah. like Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, the criticism would be, well, you've you've stepped into perfect situations to begin your head coaching career. You didn't take over a a terrible group of five program that was in last place and build them into a winner and then show up at a bottom floor power five program and build them into a winner. You took over at a yeah, but every year you can count on prolific offense and great quarterback numbers. And Lincoln I mean, Riley did just take over a USC team that was that was pretty close to the middle of the pack and probably bottom half of the Pac-12 last year. Yeah, because he and got all the transfer portals going to his that's, way. Well, that's what you're... You better be doing that or, yeah, you're, or you're in big oh, trouble. That's, that's, like someone, that. that's like someone saying all Nick Saban does is get all the great high school players to come play for him, Hootie. Well, yeah. He's done it again this year, ain't he? Yeah, he is. That's a big part of the job. Yeah. You know what I've been thinking I've, I've heard about? You know that guy that that quarterback, uh, the guy that gets one of the Heisman. What's his name? Uh, you're talking about Caleb Williams. Yeah, you know he stepped in and stepped on another guy's foot at USC. He's supposed to be a very good quarterback. Oh, the, no, the, well, there's he's going to jump Alabama. Well, there's the. Uh, the, well, the I, th- well, I thought you guys were going to get Drake Mays. Well, what I heard be, a month well, ago. You might be talking about Keldon Slovis, right? Slovis was the quarterback at USC that left when Caleb Williams showed up. He just started at Pitt this past season. He's back in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going to happen at quarterback for Alabama. I, I thought. Uh, I thought uh, Tua Junior. Might might uh, take take his final year of eligibility from Maryland and go grad transfer back to Alabama Talia? for a year. Yeah. I thought about Talia maybe would uh would, would consider that sort of thing. Hey Woody, where are you on Bama's coordinators? You want O'Brien and uh, and, and Golding to uh, to stick around, or you want you want Saban to give him the boot? I, there's a couple of them over there that you need to give him the boot. I think there will be some changes. Once, let, let, let the dust settle. Let all let all those recruits sign, and then we'll see where everybody winds up. <laughs> Don't we all say that? Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. I just heard about that Lincoln Riley yesterday, and they made me mad. <laughs> so I want to say something about it tonight. <laughs> all right, Hootie. All right, y'all have a good day. <laughs> Take care. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Like, what's what's Lincoln Riley done? To, to I mean, he doesn't have a as though Hootie would like him more if he had a national championship, right? Because yeah, who, so. who would he have beaten to win that national championship? Like you know, you know that he wouldn't he wouldn't like Lincoln Riley more if Lincoln Riley had won a national championship. I mean, you know, I mean, US, or, Nick or Saban, USC. Nick Saban won't be coaching forever. Would I mean? I guess that means he would never want anybody like Lincoln Riley there. I think Lincoln Riley's a pretty good coach, but I think he I, mean, is I, I just I'm going to go out on you know I'm going to on a very slight yeah, limb. I think so, and uh, and say so, yeah, I think I think despite I I do think it's a fair criticism of had some troubles defensively. Steve Spurrier had some troubles defensively before uh, you know before he found the right guy.
Well, on defense. But what do you say to the notion of you took over a, a well-oiled machine, right? Like, you, you know, you were How sort well of... How well-oiled was Southern Cal? No, that's that's true. That, well, that's that's this year is sort yeah. of disproving that, right? Because Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley, I think, both were sort of refuting, right. well, you, you stepped in for a coach that had it rolling, and it's it's easier to maintain something like that than to build something like that. Lincoln Riley's building something at, at USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that roster was in dire straits. He went out and got Caleb Williams. He went out and got... Uh, the the pit wide receiver to, to to come join join the party at, at USC and so I, Addison. I think yeah yeah he went out and get Jordan Addison so I mean there's uh, yeah I, I think it's he's he's done quite a bit even if they're not in the playoff he's he's done quite a bit to show uh, that that he's you know it's not just riding a wave that that Bob Stoops created at, at Oklahoma over the last. 10, and and years. and like I said, that's what you'd better do. I mean, wherever you are, you'd better be taking advantage of high school, junior college, and the transfer portal. Yeah, all, all, all whatever you, is- you know, whatever you can get, as much as you can, as good as you can. And uh, you know, that's sort of that's what Hugh Freeze is trying to do right now. Auburn adding another commitment today with the uh, flip of Connor Liu from Miami to Auburn. The uh, center prospect from the Atlanta area, I guess it's Kennesaw Mountain, um, flipping to Auburn. I think that puts him at 13 uh, commitments right now. Auburn may sign a few more people than we'd initially thought from high schoolers because this staff is getting after it uh, on the road. One more big weekend of visits, and this is it. It goes dead Sunday night. Jason Caldwell will be with us tomorrow, and uh, we'll get him to preview this weekend and look back at the uh, recruiting thus far. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Reminder, Jake Crane joins us at the bottom of this hour. Till then, your phone calls as we continue on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 21 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday evening. Bill and Dan, Jacob at the controls, and back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Bill. Uh, As the days go by, it gets even more hilarious about this stuff about, well, Alabama should be in because they would be favored by by somebody. I don't know who that is. Uh, First of all, the point spread isn't based on who's going to win and win by how much is where the money's laid. I mean, it's not like something changes on a Thursday when the line moves one and a half just because somebody, an institutional uh, better, put a lot of money on one team. It's not like somebody fell off the face of the earth and then got quarterback the team just because how much money was laid on it. Well, and and, and Brett and I and I mentioned that Alabama could have been the exact same team and lost two more games, yeah, and they'd be an eight and four team, and they'd still that, be that would probably be favored by those you know mythical bookmakers, uh, you know over over uh, over TCU uh, in in this matchup, uh, but but that I, I don't know if that necessarily makes them it, it doesn't boost their playoff chances. What does Alabama lose their? Uh... What was it? 1992 national championship 
because I know Miami was favored, so really the game <laughs> Yeah, they were. The game playing on the field doesn't really matter, huh? No, and I and I sort of I I get that as an argument for playoff expansion. I don't get that as an argument for Alabama getting in over TCU or Ohio State. Um, you know, the notion that there are, you know, there are there are good teams, teams that people think are better than number 3 and number 4 that that could have been in the playoff. I think that's a decent mm-hmm. argument for playoff expansion. It's not it doesn't move me to say, "Oh yeah, put Alabama in." As, as the four seed, and let's and let's get them in instead of Ohio State. Well, Dan, you're gonna have to uh, talk for a long time to convince me that Alabama should be rated above Tennessee. I mean, since Adam and Eve walked the face of the earth, the best way to tell who's better is head to head. I mean, you can talk your way all the way around it, but head to head is the is the main thing. Right, I think I, you know, ultimately I'm going to come down to the quarterback being hurt. That would be the only thing. But you're right; it would probably be an injustice if Tennessee got left out with the same record and a head and a head-to-head victory over over Alabama. That's, that's a good point too. Like my, I would I would rather I would rather see Alabama than Tennessee in the playoff because the the injury to Tennessee, you know, makes them a less potent team. But that's not a reason. It's not a reason to leave a team out and. Uh, it's 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 uh, you, you, I think the, the head-to-head victory over Alabama and for that matter LSU Tennessee also beat the other team that beat Alabama uh, so yeah. uh, you know they, they have a decent resume too. I mean, but Alabama, I mean, come on, uh, to talk about oh, we know they beat Ohio State based on what is it? How they played against Texas and Ole Miss and Tennessee and LSU, or, or is it how they did against Austin P? I mean. Uh, Come on, Alabama played a 10-win team loss, a 9-win team loss. Ohio State beat, beat Penn State. Penn State and Notre Dame. Hey, hey Brett, you, you, yeah. Think, yeah. You, think, you think Ohio State's giving Georgia a game? But very well could. I mean, I, I, if I had to bet, I'd bet on Georgia, yeah. But, I mean, you know. Uh, oh, that's not. That's got nothing. That's got nothing. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with Alabama's, you know, a, no. a, a resume or anything. I'm just, I just think that's. We've gotten a lot of blowouts in the first round of the playoff, mm-hmm. and I kind of wonder if Ohio State's got the firepower to keep up with Georgia and make that game competitive. I think. I think that has the potential to be a better game than the other one. Yeah. Well, anyway, and last thing, if Stetson Bennett had gotten hurt in the uh, SEC championship game, is someone telling me Georgia shouldn't be in the playoffs? Oh, it, it, oh no! You're you're, you're you right. Get in the playoffs. You should get in the playoffs by what you've done, not by what somebody in their mind thinks they might do. That's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Oh, if if Tennessee had a playoff worthy resume and they got excluded because the, their quarterback was injured, they and lost was, once. Right. Like I, I, I absolutely lost to South Carolina. I yeah. agree. I, I know. I know what you're saying, Brett. Uh, last thing, Michigan would boat race Alabama. Auburn, you, you think Auburn ran for 300 yards on You don't think Michigan could run the ball on them? Come on, guys. Y'all have a great evening. Appreciate the call, Brett. And I think Alabama, you know, I think Ohio State and Michigan, I mean, the game was what it was. Even that game looked like it was between two fairly evenly matched teams. Oh, yeah. Third quarter was just. Until, yeah. until, it, until the bottom fell out. You know, maybe Ohio State was having a bad game where they're they're a little bit closer to Michigan. I'm not ready to say Michigan would boat race Alabama, but I think the top two teams in the Big Ten 
Uh, both, uh, I mean, there's there's a chance we get a rematch in the national championship game. I would probably take Georgia if I had to. You I know, would. if I had to, put, I would. Yes, put I every would. put every cent. But I I think it could be I think it could be yeah. more interesting than than the number is showing just, right now. Just like that first playoff when Ohio State was supposed to roll over against Alabama and gave the Alabama Crimson Tide a far more interesting game than they expected en route to uh, to Urban Meyer's championship with the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. We're headed toward the bottom of the hour. Got a, a minute or two left here uh, before we'll get to the bottom of the hour, and then Jake Crane will join us on the other side. We mentioned that Auburn uh, flipping and getting the commitment from Connor Liu, who projects as a center. Now there, there are expectations because there is some news on another player who visited Auburn this past week. That's junior college offensive tackle. I believe he's, uh, the number two junior college prospect. That is Isaiah Jada, the, um, big offensive tackle from Snow College. Isn't that where Keontae Scott played? So, uh, so the relationship there, but he had been committed to South Carolina. He decommitted from South Carolina today and is expected to flip to Auburn uh, here perhaps, you know, any time. So another, literally, that could be another really big addition for Auburn. Talked about it earlier. I mean, the emphasis that you're seeing from Hugh Freeze and his staff on the offensive and defensive lines, and uh, they're, they're, they're starting to reel in offensive linemen. Man, that's something we haven't seen from Auburn in a long, long time. Oh, no, and, and that's something Hugh Freeze prioritized during his time at Ole Miss. I mean, when you look at the recruiting classes that Hugh Freeze had, especially his best recruiting classes at Ole Miss, it wasn't just quarterbacks, wasn't just wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It was a line of scrimmage, offensive tackles, defensive linemen who right. made an impact. I mean, Hugh Freeze gets it as far as uh, the places where you need needle-moving talent in order to compete with the best programs in the SEC. Terry wanted to pass along that Keontae Scott, they also played high school ball together. Oh, I didn't realize that. So, there you go. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But Terry well, wanted it, to call in and let us know. It sure looks good for Auburn. I have heard nothing that would uh, indicate that John is not going to be rejoining Keontae Scott. All right, we'll join Jake Crane on the other side. Stick with us for the final half hour here on the Tuesday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday evening. Bill and Dan got Jacob at the controls. As we head to the Kia of Auburn hotline and welcome in our regular Tuesday evening guest. That, of course, is uh, Jake Crane from Crane and Company. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? 
Hey guys, I'm doing fantastic. I uh, appreciate y'all having me back. Uh, absolutely. Before you know, got got to get your thoughts on the the tragic tragic news that became uh, um, official today, and that's the passing of the pirate uh, Mike Leach, one of a kind, no question. Yeah, you know it's it's just awful. I, I was fortunate enough, you know, I've only been doing this for about two two and a half years, somewhere around there, and. I uh, got to interview him and interact with him many times, and uh, he was the only coach that I didn't have to go through anybody in between to set up an interview. Mm-hmm. After the first one, he just gave me his number, and he was always so receptive. Uh, and I think what made him unique is that, you know, in, in a society we live in today where most people go with, you know, the, the crowd or, or whatever's not going to get him in trouble or whatever's in, Mike Leach was just himself. And, and I think uh, he was kind of an anomaly uh, as a coach as well, uh, because he didn't get a lot of coach speak and gobbledygook, so uh, he was a great leader of young men as well. It just uh, it, it just sucks to be honest with you. Yeah, I said earlier in the show, Jake. Like it's vanilla is the is the safe flavor if you're a, a college football coach talking to the media. And Mike Leach was not vanilla. Like whatever whatever flavor. Whatever. No, he was whatever. Rocky Road. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. That's flavor. exactly. That's, that's exactly what we said that, earlier. That's the one I used too. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> going, or that rainbow flavor they used to have at the with Superman. They used to have at the old. Uh, uh, they used to have at Kmart. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, no, he was. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was definitely one of a kind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's. Uh, yeah, and, and and I think it's been very cool to see uh, the tributes across sports. You know, since Sunday, you know, showing yeah. people, you know, how how, uh, how respected and liked. Uh, uh, Mike Leach was, and and the, yeah, that authentic that, that authenticity that that you just alluded to. Well, well, well Dan, how that, crazy is it yeah. that they're going to be playing uh, in Raymond James Stadium on January second, mm-hmm. that has a pirate ship on the uh, basically on the field? That's right, and he and he was in Key West, you know, not 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 too far away there along the coast uh, when when he was uh, uh, between coaching jobs, and it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. Fit, fitting that fitting that they'll be right there on the uh, on, on the water in the pirate ship. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy time. I know at Mississippi State, and, and obviously, you know, our, our condolences go out to, to the Leach family and, and everybody involved over there. It's so cool, too. I mentioned, I mentioned earlier in the show, it's so cool that those players decided to do it. It would have been understandable any decision made by that locker room in the aftermath if, if, if they didn't feel like, you know, taking a trip and, and, and going and, and playing a football game uh, in the aftermath of something like this. That would have been understandable, too. But to go play this football game, as a tribute to Mike Leach, and and with the with the understanding that they're gonna you know they're gonna be America's team uh, for uh, for a couple of hours at least uh, is uh, is something that I'm I'm really looking forward to see. It's in a bowl season that doesn't have a ton of really tantalizing matchups. I think that game becomes something yeah. I'm much more interested in that one. I wasn't. I mean that was that was nowhere near the top of my list. I'm much more interested now. And Jake, I I thought the uh, uh, the the statement from Lane Kiffin really says an awful lot about how how proud he was to have been a part of Mike Leach's last win because it was the Egg Bowl. And, I mean, those are two fan bases. Auburn and Alabama, I mean, it. I consider it the best rivalry. I don't know that Ole Miss and Mississippi State uh, are topped by anybody when it comes to the bitter, the most bitter rivalry in sports. Yeah, you know, in, in, in the past and, and what we've seen, you know, obviously recently, there's not a lot of love lost, but, you know, the relationship between Mike Leach at two rival programs, especially one that has that type of vitriol, uh, wasn't, you know, hate toward each other, uh, other like you, like you would think, uh, like we see in some other rivalries. I mean, they, they, you know, would crack on each other. Lane talked mm-hmm. about it today. 
uh, their relationship and and how you know he he thought it made the rivalry better that they were actually friends. So I think he's about as hurt uh, as anybody outside of the family of of Mike Leach when it comes down to you know grieving after this fall. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the Tuesday edition of the drive. We'll look at the postseason a little bit, but there's a lot going on in the world of Auburn sports to get yeah. to. The, uh, the the transfer portal is doing whatever portals do. Is it swirling? Portaling. I mean, we've we, port- we, we got to coin that, that phrase, <laughs> portaling. Yeah, I'm going. The portal's portaling right now, and it's uh, portaling along. Hey, things aren't looking bad for Auburn. Hugh Freeze has obviously shown Auburn fans that there is something to pay attention to at this time of year. It's not just getting ready, you know, for the uh, for the for the jolly guy and and presents and things like that. Oh, you might have presents in in the uh form of signatures and prospects and maybe even an offensive lineman or two. Is it going to be a holly jolly signing day, Jake? Yeah, look, I, I... I know for a fact, you know, how hard these guys have hit the ground running since they got started and, and having two coordinators now obviously helps. I do like the hires. Very interested to see what Phil Montgomery brings in here, uh, a guy that has a bunch of air raid principles. I think Auburn fans are going to see an offense that they really haven't seen in a while schematically, but Hugh Freeze is going to have his imprint on it. But when it comes down to getting players in, Auburn's very active right now. You're hearing whispers maybe of Grayson McCall, which I think he'd be a great fit and let him and Robbie battle it out. Uh, to see who's going to be the starter. If Robbie can keep improving throwing, he does spin in a lot of that RPO, three-man surface method type stuff that Hugh Freeze loves to run, and I think Auburn's still going to continue to run or at least some form of it. I don't know if it'll be their base stuff, but uh, you're going to see it. But when it comes down to, to getting guys in that can make Auburn compete the quickest, they've got to build it from the inside out. You know, what separates these teams that are at the top, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Michigans, it's up front. The game will always be decided and won and lost up front. And you build everything around it. You see not only in the portal, but, you know, reaching out, got a, you know, there's, there's a couple kids out there, a deep commitment from South Carolina to watch out for at offensive tackle. Uh, I think come signing day, there's going to be a lot of people that sound like Dr. Evil on Austin Powers when he said it's freaking freezing out here, man. Uh, the guys are, they're working hard. I can promise you that. Talk a little bit, about, uh, Jake, about uh, your, your thoughts. You, you said you liked the coordinators. A lot of folks were, uh, you know, freaking out because Auburn didn't have coordinators. There were a lot of position coaches. Those position coaches were doing what position coaches are supposed to be doing at this time of year, and that is recruiting, recruiting, and recruiting. Coordinators, it's great if they can uh, can recruit, but that's not the that's not the main purpose of coordinators. Just uh, give us your thoughts on uh, Phil Montgomery and Run Roberts. Yeah, well, look, like I said, I like the hires. They're they're two proven guys, uh, guys that have been in big situations. Uh, you get you know didn't get two guys that are going to be overwhelmed by the moment or see anything that they don't understand, or they're not able to adjust. That's the biggest thing. In game adjustments after halftime. That's where Auburn's really struggled. But look, it was kind of unorthodox. Typically, you build a staff from the coordinators down because coordinators typically want certain guys at position groups. But if you look at Phil Montgomery. He's kind of an interesting situation being the head coach of Tulsa uh, and then now coming to be a coordinator. Uh, that's a little bit of a, a, a different deal. And then you retain some assistants who you already knew, uh, know, know, know that they know, excuse me, the lay of the land in recruiting, where they can go to get guys. Uh, so I, I think they did a really good job of, of getting a, a diverse staff from a standpoint of guys with different strengths, guys through different ages, guys that are able to go recruit in different areas. Uh, so I, I think it's a really good staff. Uh, I think they've hit the ground running. 
I think Auburn fans are going to be very happy with what they get under the tree uh, this year when it comes down to the class being done. And remember, guys, the transfer portal is going to be open for a while. So uh, just because that new signing day hits doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination Auburn, Auburn is done because they got to build this team with transfers. That's what you have to do year one. What can you say about uh, Ron Roberts and just sort of like his, uh, his, his profile as a defensive coordinator? What, what's, uh, what, what's his philosophy as a coach? Well, you know, I, I think, uh, again, you look who he's been around. You look where he's been. This is a guy that's, that's been in different places and, and, you know, been through different schemes. I think what you're going to see from him uh, is, is balance. I don't think you're going to see Auburn just go crazy and start blitzing a ton like you saw toward the end of the Derek Mason era. I don't think they're going to be as conservative as we've seen Auburn uh, outside of that one year defensively. I think it's going to be a good mix. Uh, I think you're going to see them you know, change fronts. You're going to get some three down with the Jack. I think you're going to get some true four down overs, unders, things like that. Uh, so I think you're going to be, see balance on defense, which is good. That helps you combat against different offenses. But they've got to get guys on the defensive line that can stop the run. That's where you start. It always starts with the players. These coaches are good enough uh, to be able to coach them up when they get there. Key one is getting the players. You mentioned uh, Grayson McCall a few minutes ago. We talked about him at the at the outset of the show. There's um, a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of rumbling that he will be visiting Auburn this weekend and might want to go ahead and, and make a decision fairly soon. Just um, what kind of impact could he have for a program like Auburn? Well, you know, Grayson McCall, and, and he's a guy we've watched at Coastal. And, you know, Coastal's had a ton of success. Jamie Chadwell's now at Liberty. Uh, he's a guy that can run and throw. I think he fits what he wants to do offensively, what you're going to see Phil Montgomery wants to do offensively. Because to be able, especially when you're, when you're trying to turn a program around quickly, to compete with the Georgias and Alabamas, like I said, you have to have it up front. And or you have to have a guy at quarterback that can use his legs to, to get you out of bad situations, to turn bad plays into great plays. We see that all the time. That's the difference. Once you get the roster where you want, you don't exactly have to have that guy. You turn it into a machine. But Grayson McCall's got, uh, got over 8,000 passing yards, over 70 touchdowns. He's played in big games and big stadiums against big teams. He's not going to be overwhelmed by any game. Uh, I think he's honestly a better fit than Devin Leary is. You hearing anything about receivers, coach? You, you know, we, we're uh, you know we've kicked some names out there, and this is you know the, we, I've heard no rumors of linking this guy to the job. I keep waiting to see where Jeff Scott's going to end up after uh, losing the USF job. Yeah. Highly successful. He was, pretty, he was a pretty good position coach. Highly successful receivers coach, recruiter, and uh, and, and co-offensive coordinator. coordinator for Dabo Swinney at, at Clemson before taking that job at USF. I don't believe he's uh, resurfaced in college football since the uh, since since he left USF. A anything uh, anything from you about receivers coach Jake? You know, they, they've kind of kept this one pretty close to the vest. I think he's done a good job uh, of, of, you know, not letting names get out there. And, and you know, you've heard Grant Hurd and some other guys. Uh, to me, you know, you, you look at the position group and, and the talent that has decided to come back out of the portal. Uh, Tarvaris Dawson's the guy that's coming back that I think can be special. You know, I, I, I don't want to sit on here and say a name that, that I feel, you know, fantastic about that I think is going to get the job. But I do think there are some candidates out there uh, that would do just fine. Uh, it, look, uh, Auburn's got it just like in every position group. I mean, they have to get some guys that can start turning these 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls. Uh, I think if they get the right quarterback in there, you are going to see receivers in the in the transfer portal 
start to, to lean more towards Auburn because there's plenty in there right now. But from a name standpoint, I, I don't want to throw a name out there and, and not feel confident about it. And and not not necessarily linking him to Auburn or anything, but but your thoughts on, on Jeff Scott, you know, moving forward to a guy who Well, was, I'm surprised he's not an analyst at Bama right now. That's what shocked me. You just go there for <laughs> a year and try and go get a, a, yeah. a, another B5 job. You know, sometimes it, it takes a lot. You know, Phil, Phil Montgomery's coming to Auburn to be a coordinator. It's one thing to go from a head coach to a coordinator. It's another thing to go from a head coach to a position mm-hmm. coach. You don't see that a lot. So, uh, unless it's a coordinator job, I don't think we're going to see Jeff Scott at all. Talking with uh, Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the uh, Tuesday Drive. Jake, I know you uh, you follow basketball. I mean, the SEC, six top 20 teams, Auburn fans, a little uh uh, a little, little disappointed there. The, the, the number sixteen, but hey, they're they're struggling offensively right now. Uh, Alabama is the team that right now is is the one that that uh, really the tide really appears to be rolling as they've got um, that you know wins over two number one teams, Memphis tonight and Gonzaga coming up Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean Alabama. This is the most balanced team that they've had. I mean they don't have to rely on one guy. I mean they beat Houston with Brandon Miller basically doing nothing. Uh, when it comes down to Auburn, look, here's what I've learned about college basketball, guys. Uh, I mean, this is, again, after just, I, I love watching college basketball. I've followed it my whole life. I think March Madness is the best postseason tournament, our best postseason event there is. I want to be playing the best basketball later in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've seen when Auburn has had success, that's what they've done. When you see teams that play really well early, I mean, last year, Auburn went all the way up to number one early and then hit that skid late when it matters the most. I know they're young. I know there's some que- – you worry because if they don't shoot well, it looks a lot like last year, and there's no Jabari Smith out there. But I do think they have enough experience at guard with Wendell Green and Katie Johnson and Allen Flanagan and these guys that they could be playing their best ball toward the end. That, that's what I've learned. It's hard to play your best ball over a whole college basketball season. Typically the teams that do well in March are the ones that break late. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Right, and that's why I think – regular season conference championships should be cherished in college basketball because, I mean, it, it's one thing to heat up at the end of the year. And if you win in the NCAA tournament, you absolutely deserve the credit and the glory of winning tournament basketball at the end of the season. But to win a regular season title in, in a in a high-quality league, you can't just heat up at the end of the year, right? you you got to be ready for street fights before before the December you know before December turns into January, Auburn, Florida, and Arkansas early. No, it's an Arkansas team. We were talking about Brazil having the uh, the knee injury, and that weakens them a little bit. But I mean, Auburn's a couple of weeks away from needing to uh, to tape up their fists and get out there and go. Yeah, w- w- without a doubt. I mean, you uh, again, you want to conference plays a totally different animal. It's a new season. Speaking about the regular season, I mean, that's why they give a ring out for that. You know, that's uh, that, that's one of the hardest things to do. Anything can happen in one basketball game uh, when, when you're playing in a neutral side like we see all the time with the NCAA tournament. I mean, try, trying to bet that thing, it's, it's about as hard as it gets. But, uh, again, something about conference play, though, with Bruce Pearl's team, they, they tend to hit another level and another notch. Uh, all it takes is one good shooting game to get back in rhythm and feeling good. But I think Janai Broom, has to really start to be an enforcer down low offensively and be able to finish at the rack. You know, Walker Kessler wasn't the best offensively when it came to back to the basket, but he made up for it with putbacks and easy dunks and things like that. Janai is actually good with his back to the basket. 
He needs to start drawing defenders down low to get Auburn some easier shots and they'll stop getting stuck so much. But I will say this. Dylan Cardwell looks a lot better this year he does. Uh, than, than I've seen him. He seems to, to be not too out of control, at least while the play's going on. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it, it, and there is so much more. I mean, we're we're just really getting into it. A few more games, and we'll be in conference play. Uh, great stuff as always, Jake. Uh, let let everybody know um, what's going on there at uh, Crane and Company. Who have you got coming up, and then how they can follow everything. Yeah, man. Just uh, go to the Daily Wire uh, or Daily Wire Plus, DailyWire dot com. Uh, sign up here, or you can go to YouTube. Just type in C R A I N and Company. Uh, we go every weekday morning. 7.30 to 9 Eastern. We do a Sunday show as well. Talking a ton of college football still. Auburn and Hugh Freeze going to talk about it with Tom Luganville tomorrow uh, in the morning. So come check us out. Sounds great, Jake. Thanks again, man. Uh, have a great week. You guys as well. Jake Crane joining us as he does on Tuesdays. And we need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Tuesday Drive. Fun show today and not, not fun when we, you know, had to had to talk about the news of Mike Leach, fun talking about Mike Leach. Yeah, though. I mean because that was fun guy to remember. One of the the highlights every year of media days is getting to hear Mike Le- was getting to hear Mike Leach. There are very few now. There's Lane. Um, I mean, it's not the same. No, I mean, no, 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 my, well, it was my, even more fun when there were Lane and Mike Leach, and they were there in the same state, and the back and forth between the two. Lane Kiffin stirs it up. Lane's more, more s- of a smart. Well, you know, it's just, and it's more on social media, right? It like is, I, I it feel is. like with with, with I Lane, mean, he'll I mean, drop just a a quick little comment. Eli, Mike Leach was, Eli's the closest thing to something like that probably, now. I suppose, but there's nobody Gap- just as esoteric. No, as, you're right. No, it's, as, we don't have the Mike Leach. You know, somebody who's you know as as much of a. Uh, you know, a Martian as, as Mike Leach was in a good way, you know, as, as yeah, someone who really I mean, liked him. Really, and, and like I said, I mean, there's, there's nobody that you, that I would have picked from SEC coaches to just hang out with. Right. And for, you know, for fans, and it's not just Mississippi State, there's multiple fan bases that, you know, just revered Mike Leach, uh, you know, even if, you know, it wasn't a storybook ending at Texas Tech or anything like that for him at that program. I mean, I'm sure all three of those fan bases adore him. There have been tributes coming oh, in yeah. from those folks. Oklahoma and Kentucky people. I mean, he won more there too. than anybody has won. Right. And, and and these are places that's that's part of the part of the mythology of, of Mike Leach, too, is that he was winning at places that don't usually win no, that's in right. college football. He was doing it with players that other people... I mean, you, you can draw the comparison to Bruce Pearl at the beginning of his careers, because... Well, not at the beginning of his careers, but like Bruce Pearl at Tennessee at the very beginning showed up and won with a team that people didn't think mm-hmm. was SEC championship right. caliber. Bruce Pearl's first Auburn SEC championship was with a roster uh, that was picked to finish. Auburn made a run with a team that won nine games up to that point. Remember, right? So I, I mean, mean, and then a, and then a year later the they SEC actually tournament. and then a year later they actually won the league. I mean, there's there's something. It makes it even more special when you can do it with. 
you know, a, a team that has been overlooked, and frequently Mike Leach's teams were overlooked, and yet they'd find a way to uh, to, to beat yeah. uh, t- teams, well, that, he teams that they shouldn't he lose. He won't to. be overlooked. Uh, just a, a sad, sad day. Um, we're out of time here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. I mentioned Jason Caldwell. He'll be with us in hour number one, and a lot to catch up with Jason tomorrow because there's been a lot of news around Auburn Athletics. So uh, that, that'll that uh, be tomorrow. But we're out of time here on the Tuesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.